Dominic, Dominic, you've asked me many a uh, strong political question before. Well, Dominic, as you might guess, I've been asked that a few times before. To those in the press who did their job and did it with professionalism, and even to some of you who are actually kind, where's Dominic? I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Later in this program tonight, we will talk to, rather this morning, a real estate developer, Don Peebles, who wants to build uh, New York's tallest skyscraper. He's going to call in and join us about 1240, 1245 but let's get to the issue at hand as of right now. You have heard this before. You have heard this before. In fact, your supervisor has probably uttered this to you. And that is anybody can point out the problems in a situation. But what is the solution political correctness aside what is the solution listen to the first words that i said here of that sentence political correctness aside what is the solution to the crime problem 800-848-WABC 800-848-9222 it's insane it's insane. That's how one husband of a New York City woman that was slugged by a freed suspect at 9.20 a.m. is slamming the court system. A 50-year-old woman was walking her dog in Manhattan on Broadway near West 79th Street, when a homeless man, described that way by authorities, allegedly came up and punched her. The individual that punched this woman in broad daylight, 9.20 in the morning, Broadway near West 79th Street, knocked the woman unconscious for three to four Minutes. This is according to her husband. She fractured a molar. She chipped a tooth. And some of her front teeth were punched in. Let that marinate for a minute. I picked up the uh, New York Post tonight. And uh, their lead story at that time a dozen, a dozen Democratic-run U.S. cities have set annual murder records with three weeks left to go in 2021. That bears repeating, repeating. A dozen 
Democratic-run U.S. cities have set annual murder records with three weeks left in 2021. Philadelphia, about an hour, hour and a half drive from here, the nation's sixth largest city, has recorded 523 murders since December 7th, surpassing its grim milestone, if you will, of 500 murders, which was set in 1990, according to police data. Let that marinate for a minute. Any fool can point to the problem. What is the solution? This morning, I'm going to give some solutions to try and turn this around. And that's what I want to hear from you folks. How do we turn this around? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Two young siblings among three people killed in Columbus. It, it has to stop. So among the three people, three people that were killed, two young siblings were gunned down. Police say it was an unprovoked attack while they were sitting in a car, a parked car near a housing complex. The victims, 22 years old and a nine year old boy, but that's not all. And his six-year-old sister. Nine and six. Gone. Marinate on that for a second. Looting going on. The mayor of Chicago. You don't blame the stores. What you should do, Madam Mayor... Is call the people doing this, call it for what it is. You should be calling them for the television cameras, thugs, criminals. You shame them, not the stores. And the headline, as I mentioned with uh, Rita Cosby, and I see folks, we have a lot of calls. We're going to go to them in just a second. As I just mentioned uh, with Rita Cosby, and I'm going to point out what I feel are some solutions. The key words this morning are political correctness aside, political correctness aside. So another story, as the um, Jussie Smollett uh, jury is deliberating, one of the big founders of Black Lives Matter has come out and said, that they back Smollett, we can never believe the police. That's part of the problem. That is part of the problem. That is part of the problem. I promise we're going to get to your calls in just one second. Let me give you one or two of my uh, my solutions, excuse me, and then we will get to the telephone calls. Number one, number one, to stopping what exists. It's getting worse. Number one, we have to stop with this soft on crime, sugarcoating crime. 
It's sending the wrong message all across the country. The message must be, you commit a crime, you get your day in court, but you are going to jail. And initially, you get your day in court after the bail process and after the judge sets your trial. But in the meantime, up until that point, you're going to jail. I've talked about on this program, I was raised by my grandmother. My mom suffered from mental illness. Dad, never in the picture, if that's what you want to call him. My father was a sperm donor, period. End of story. But we have to send a message that single-parent households are not the way to go. And, of course, there has to be a real national emphasis on education. The government, this is not popular, but it's the truth. The government has to stop working in what is a process that is encouraging single-parent families. And, of course, a big, big, big part of this is education. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to deal with uh, all of these issues that are, are coming up and what's going on around the country. But let, before we take a break, let's go to Jim. Jim is watching us on YouTube, watching the live stream, calling from Long Island. And we say good morning to you, Jim, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Good morning, Dominic, and may I say Merry Christmas to you. And same to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yes, God bless you. Um, you know what the problem is, Dominic? There is no law and order anymore. There's no respect for the police. Uh, you look at the mayor in Chicago, she's uh, siding with the people that are stealing and robbing things. Uh, now I've been hearing about like 80 people rushing to a store and robbing, and it's it's a scary thing that's going on, you know, and it's, there's just no law and order. And if they bring law and order back, you, you wouldn't have this nonsense. I, Jim, I couldn't have said it better. And the system has to crack down. And you, I, and everybody listening to WABC right now knows exactly why the mayor of Chicago is doing what she is doing. She's trying to energize her base for when it comes to re-election time. But the fact of the matter is her words, her policies are killing her own people in the city of Chicago. And you can multiply that by almost every every major city. Jim, we thank you for the telephone call and happy holidays to you and your family. And thanks for watching the live stream, the WABC live stream on YouTube. You can see the show live now. And, of course, we're glad that you are here listening to us. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. We're going to have a lot of your telephone calls when we return. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
And it is. We are back. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. The topic this morning, as I said at the uh, top of the program, is that anyone can point out the problems. What's the solution? The solution to this out-of-control crime problem. We're going back to your telephone calls, but here's here's one here's another solution. We must stop this game of low expectations. It has to stop. Politicians basically patting people on their head, telling them what they want to hear. When instead, as far as I'm concerned, the message should be real simple. You don't work, you don't eat. You don't get out there and perform, you don't eat. You don't get out there, your family is going to be in severe, in a severe situation. We must stop this game of low expectations. Another solution is that We have to start taking education for real. Not wasting money, just throwing it away, endless money on the public school system. But we have to invest in communities, in young people. I still recall going back to Mario Cuomo. And I remember it was a uh, big outrage, big controversy at the time. Because Mario Cuomo came along with an idea of midnight basketball. And I was one of the folks that ridiculed him to his face for that. At the time, I didn't re- I saw it as a waste of uh, money. I don't feel that way now because I did not know what I know now. What I know now is a 50-year-old woman being punched by a homeless man who's been let out of jail time after time after time again. And as her husband uh, says, well, when is this going to stop when he finally kills someone? That situation, the situation in Columbus, Ohio, we're not even batting an eye anymore at the crime that occurs. The victims uh, in in Columbus, Ohio, a 22-year-old and a 9-year-old boy and his 6-year-old sister. And we're not even batting an eye over what is going on. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin is calling, uh, listening on the radio, calling from Boston. Good morning, Kevin, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you so much for taking my call, Dominic. As with the subject, it's almost like we're living in this paradigm of sci-fi movies. And this is going back decades ago. How this can be happening is a pure example of it is today getting to the root of the problem when... Let's say you you don't have prosecution and there's no punitive damages whatsoever. 
Uh, it's like giving a child a hammer that's three years of age. Everything becomes a nail. Today, to my horror, to my horror, the U.S. Senate confirmed the Judiciary Committee, a radical progressive prosecutor from Suffolk County here in Boston, now is going to be the federal prosecutor for New England. Her name is Rachel Rollins, and it was only Tom Collins out of Arkansas to stand up for it. One last thing, even last night. So wait, 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 Kevin. So, so Miss yeah. Rollins, I was a little familiar with her career in terms of when she was initially elected in Boston. So now you're telling me she's been appointed federal prosecutor for the area? This afternoon at 3.11 Eastern Standard Time, she was confirmed, and she has out a congratulatory page. And who supported her but Granny Warren, Elizabeth Warren, our two senators, and Ed Markey, Malaki. I just cannot believe it. And there was a, it, it was blanketed coverage. It, it was a blackout. I mean, last Wednesday, it was put forth. And the only one trying to derail her confirmation, it appeared to be, with the only one with a spine, was Tom Collins. And here it is, uh, how far away he is. How many incidents do we need? It, my question is, the fellow that lit the 50-foot tree up on fire, causing a half million dollars worth of damage there outside, Rock, just yes. outside Rockefeller Center last night, would he be let out with his lighter? I mean, is he already out walking the streets there? What goes on in New York goes on here in Boston. It's just as bad. I mean, the the spike. But thank God the murder rate isn't what it is in Europe, which I sympathize. And I sympathize for all these victims across the country. And uh, the the smash and grab and the murder. Yeah, the smash and grabs are absolutely disgusting. Kevin, I thank you for the call. I I do want to point out that um, I'm in Boston. I don't know if I should say quite a bit, but I love, I don't know what it is about New England. I just love coming there, going to a Boston College football game. It seems the area around Boston College is safe. And when I come to Boston, I stay down uh, by the seaport um, because I don't know the other communities in Boston outside of Logan Airport, that area. And, you know, I'm almost embarrassed that, that at this stage of my life that I am worried about crime anywhere that I go because it seems like it, it I I just I, I just don't get it and um the the Black Lives Matter situation it's not helping and people don't you see it don't you see it? They're playing to your emotion. And they're, they're doing quite well financially in doing so. In other words, they're using you. Don't you see it? Listen, if there's an injustice, it should be investigated. Uh, and we have uh, several layers of prosecutors to do exactly that. But... The message from Black Lives Matter 
And anyone that's looking at this and really being honest about it, what all they're doing is making you a permanent victim. Trust me, folks, when I tell you no one is going to control my destiny or the destiny of my family except for me. No one is going to have that right to control my life. Black Lives Matter is saying to you, it's okay that you're not going to school. It's okay that you're from a single parent household. And if you are, you are. The facts are what they are. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I didn't even have a single uh, parent household. All I had was a grandmother and an aunt. Okay, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not attacking that, but I am also saying that you can't hold up like, like a badge of honor that eighty percent of kids in, in, in one community are being born out of wedlock, and I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Let's go to uh, Philadelphia. Listening on the radio is uh, Robert. Good morning, Robert, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Dominic. I have to tell you right up front, you are the only talk show host in America that I would make this phone call to, okay? Well, thank you. That's Um, very kind of you to say, Robert. And you'll see why, and I'll be quick. Um, Real quick. The woman I was married to for 20 years and still got love for is an African-American. We had five amazing kids that I lived for, okay? I'm not a racist by any means. If I was, I would probably be happy with what's going on in Philadelphia. But it breaks my heart. And it, it's there's the elephant in the room, Tom. Until the African-American community stops monolithically voting for the Democratic Party, you won't – all the ideas you said were good – but none of that will matter until that changes, because until that changes, the Democrats can throw up anybody. I'll ask you what you think about that in a second. But first, I want to ask you advice. OK, I talk about these things with my kids. Great conversations. They're all intelligent and I respect them. But my oldest one made a comment that froze me. He said, Candace Owens is not a real black person and he's very passionate about it. So I want to be careful about how I approach it. But do you have any suggestions about how I might dialogue with him about that? I'll let you go ahead and I really appreciate the time. Well, thank you, um, Robert. Thank you for the call uh, in Philadelphia. Candace Owens, number one. Uh, you can look at her and she's a woman of color. What, what your child is, and I know you love your child, what your child is really saying, stating that Candace Owens is not really articulating the politics that they or, or predominantly what the community wants to hear, right? So, I'm I'm looking at right now one of the comments on um on YouTube and and I'm really I'm really sad for the individual. I really am because he starts out by saying please brother stop I can't my eyes are bad here but stop just give me one second I want to see this here let me lean over. Please stop tearing us down. That's how the comment starts. So what have I said to tear any community down. What, in my opinion, what I am illustrating here on WABC is much love for the community. Now, is it tough love? Maybe, but it's love. 
It's absolute love. So the individual goes on to say that there are enough people tearing down the African-American community. That that may be true, uh, you know, depending on on your on your perspective. But you know what, folks, this is what I need to do. We have a lot of calls, but we're going to talk to um, a major uh, African-American real estate developer, Don Peebles, he wants to uh, build New York's tallest skyscraper. But we're going to continue with some of your calls in just a minute. And Mr. Peebles is going to join us about in about 13 minutes at uh, at 1245 this morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. More of your telephone calls when we return. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Have a jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. We are back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. One of the reasons why... I don't like doing topics like this is because when I tell the truth, some people just don't want to hear it or they certainly don't want to hear it from me and they are in denial. And so this is how the show started this morning with a comment uh, out of Rita Cosby that was uh, directed my way, right? And if you look on the YouTube page, you can see it. You can see this program, the WABC uh, program. And I'm going to get to your phone calls, folks. We're going to get as many as we can. But it's funny because I'm about to talk to an African-American, right, that is putting together a $3.6 billion project. $3.6 billion to help the black community. So how did he get out? But here's the comment. This is how the show started this morning. This is what I had to look at. Please, brother, stop tearing us down. We are all we got. We have the whole world coming at the African-American race. We don't need our own brothers doing the same. So a little, a little, tough love where I'm telling the truth. And, and so that's what I have to look at starting the program this morning. And I'm going to be frank with you folks. Why don't you send that comment to another WABC host? Why are you just sending it to me? Why not any other WABC host? Why is that only being directed my way? Let's go. Let's go back to uh, go back to the uh, telephone calls. Andrew Stanhope, uh, New Jersey, listening on WABC.com. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. You're doing the opposite of tearing down the black community. You're building them up with love. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be exactly talking about. I, I, honestly, Andrew, I would just ignore it. Period. Right. If they don't want to be like the old expression said. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Correct. And I had the same comment 
directed my way from my wife, actually, when I first started calling WABC, Geraldo Rivera's show. And he and I started talking about exactly what you're saying and the importance of the followers being in the homes. And I would point out in the Ironbound section in Newark, New Jersey, that's where the Spanish immigrants are. And it was so it's so much safer and it's a completely different vibe than where the housing projects where the black people live. And in the uh, Ironbound, they have the family units and, the, you know, the mother and father. And myself, personally, I came from South Orange, and I saw the difference in the two-parent homes in the black community versus the single. And it, regardless of race, no, no one that had the father in the black community was ever in trouble with the law. They all went to college. You know, they were never, never in gangs. And the kids that didn't have the fathers, they were the ones that sold drugs and were getting arrested. So uh, the importance of that. But I was shocked because my wife said the same thing as that guy said to you. She said, oh, it sounds like you're against black people. And I was like stunned because I, I was saying it out of concern because I came from the black community. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to help. And right. real quick, too. It's got to be quick, Andrew, because I, I've got a lot of calls. And i got to move on. But go ahead. Mayor of Newark, New Jersey, Roz Baraka. It was actually for your station, former station, Files One News. I said, what about having two parents at the uh, anti-violent rally, Jim Brown, you know, event? And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. And I told him, in South Orange, I grew up with all black people around me. And there wasn't any gang shootings, you know. The no, I, I, no, I got you, Andrew. It doesn't just, matter. No, I got you. I just have to step in because I'm running out of time here, and I've got to get a couple of other calls. Thank you. Uh, let's go to our buddy Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, it's got to be quick this morning. Go right ahead. You sound extremely defensive. I'm defensive. A little bit. It wow. sounded like when uh, that you sounded with this, they sent that thing to you, you were like, you didn't want to hear it. Hey Stan, but but you you I you know why? You, but wait, just, wait 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 wait. You, you know why I don't want to hear it? Go ahead. Why 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 are you sending that to me? I'm not the only host on WABC. No, that, exactly. No, you're, I, you're trying to brainwash no, me. No, Basically, no. what what's being said is, brother, shut up. Don't air our uh, our dirty laundry, right. and 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 let's just keep killing each other. That's no, what's I, really I think, being said. I think I think you're right in saying what you want to say. But any black uh, radio host, and especially on this station, which there are very few, uh, would have a problem with it, obviously, and uh, by by his own people. And so I understand the, the, there's some. But 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 wait, but wait, Stan, Stan, and I've I've got to step in because I'm, sure. I'm short on time. But let me just point this out: most middle, I would most middle class African Americans that live in Queens. I really believe they think exactly the same way I do. But they know that if you say different, this is what happens. If you dare step out of the box and say, listen, I don't want to hear it. Go to school. Stop listening to that Black Lives Matter garbage. Get yourself an education. And don't tell me, oh, I can't do it. They won't let me do it. I went to school on 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 uh, on financial aid. I didn't have the money. I was the first one for my family to go to college. 
So don't don't run that that game. Don't think you're going to run that game on me. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio. We'll have to continue this another night. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Up next, and normally I wouldn't point out his race, but I will in this case. Don Peebles, an African-American real estate developer who is putting together a $3.6 billion real estate deal to build New York's tallest skyscraper. I'll be back. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And joining me right now on the telephone is someone who is no stranger to the world of real estate and uh, New York uh, politics for that matter. Real estate developer Don Peebles, he wants to build New York's tallest skyscraper. And we say good morning to you, Mr. Peebles, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to chat with you. Because I was looking at the Wall Street Journal just this week, uh, Tuesday, and a headline said, Black Developer Aims to Build New York's Tallest Skyscraper. Don Peebles wants his project, one of a number of proposals for the site to provide opportunities for minority and female-owned businesses. What is this all about? It's all about having um, opportunity and also helping New York come back and come back better uh, than before. So we are recovering from one of the greatest crises of our, uh, certainly the greatest crises of our generation uh, uh, with a global pandemic. And uh, New York has been hit extremely hard by it. Um, Of course, people of color have been hit harder by it. And, uh, and also, we need to um, address the protest and the, and the effort to ensure uh, social and racial equality. And, uh, and that has been um, a big issue um, during this pandemic um, with the many protests around the nation and a demand for equal access to opportunity and the like. And so Affirmation Tower addresses both of those. It helps bring New York back. I mean, if you look at when New York came out of the great and the country came out of the Great Depression, it was the Empire State Building and it was Rockefeller Center that restarted New York's economy and signaled to the world that America was back. And uh, and then after 9-11, it was Freedom Tower uh, that was rebuilt um, and a symbol of American, America's endurance and New York's recovery. And so this time around, coming out of the pandemic, Affirmation Tower can signal that we are coming back from the pandemic. And it kickstarts New York's economy, especially the two hardest hit areas, that is office space and hotel, the hotel industry. And this time around, it's going to be inclusive. Um, there's no building, no skyscraper in New York City built or developed or owned by black business people or black developers. Um, And so this would be the first of its kind. And my view is since we're going to do something big and it's going to be the first and it's going to be transformative, um, we've been waiting a long time. So why not build the tallest building? And uh, and that's what we set out to do. And also how we build this building is 
more important, frankly, than anything else, and that is that it includes all New Yorkers and um, and the opportunity and the economic benefits generated by it. So we have a commitment to a minimum threshold of 36% minority and women-owned business contracting, and the goal is to do far better than that and uh, to make the economic benefits and the career opportunities generated by this project to be reflective of the population of New York City and hopefully that sends a message to my industry, the real estate development industry, for it to become inclusive because it is one of the uh, last industries to, prov- uh, to provide opportunities to people of color. Well, let me let me put this question to you, uh, Don Peebles. So you've mentioned Affirmation Tower several times. That is the name of your project. It's my understanding that it's a two million square feet project, three point five billion dollar development planned for this uh, one point two acre plot of state owned land facing the uh, Jacob Javits Convention Center. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. In fact, it's going to cost us almost three point six billion um, to round up, and uh, and yes, it'll and that is correct. And it will be sixteen hundred um, and sixty three feet in height, uh, which would make it at the crown the second tallest building in the Western Hemisphere, second only to Freedom Tower. But the roof line will be taller than any building in the Western Hemisphere. Interesting. So your partnership faces tough uh, competition for the rights uh, for this site. This is on one of the few remaining parcels of undeveloped Manhattan land. Is is that accurate as well? It is accurate as well. Um, I would say that in terms of competition, um, one, um, I think that one of the things that is a misnomer is Diversity somehow comes at the expense of uh, financial, um, you know, benefits or competence, and um, and and that is so untrue, of course. And this our proposal demonstrates that. I can assure you, and I'm willing to bet that there's no other proposal um, uh, for this site um, that represents the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. I don't believe there is any project that's been proposed that will pay the kind of money that we're prepared to pay for because we're building the biggest building on the site. And also, our project, um, in many ways, um, very uniquely, complements the Javits Center. One, it's not one single use. It's a mixed-use building. And uh, and so it has two hotels, um, which will support um, the you know events and conferences at the Javits Center. Um, which is our largest um, uh, exhibition hall and convention center in the state and one of the largest in the country. Uh, two, it will support um, tourism because we've got a, you know, activated um, roof uh, area of multiple levels, including during the winter an ice skating rink on the top, but event space and observation areas and, and other programming, which will also be a tourist attraction. And then, of course, bringing people back to work into their offices, into the city by having office space. And so economically, our project can stand with any other developer. Um, and the scale of our project, um, you know, is at $3.6 billion. 
is extremely significant and one of the biggest ever to be built in New York. So I believe that economically we're strong. We have a globally um, accomplished architect, one of the most talented and most recognized architects in the world who happens to be a black man. He designed the Museum for African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C., which is the most visited uh, museum in the Smithsonian system since it opened. Um, we expect Affirmation Tower to be the most visited uh, building in New York City when it's open. Um, we have a talented team with a led by a black woman as a contractor, a black woman-run business, along with one of the largest, in fact, the largest privately owned construction company in the country. So we have all of this, but we're doing it with 80% black-owned and um, commitments to diversity across the board. Um, and that makes us very unique and makes us extremely competitive. Um, our, our team and our building will reflect um, what New York should be, an environment of opportunity. We're also providing the headquarters for the Manhattan branch of the NAACP. We are going to have a cultural center um, uh, for the NAACP program. It's 24,000 square feet, which is sizable. Um, we're going to have gardens that will, um, you know, honor um, and provide history and, and reflection on some of the uh, biggest contributors to New York City and state uh, historically that are people of color, African-Americans. And, uh, and then we're looking at um, also potentially doing a museum there uh, to, you know, showcase and educate all the visitors for uh, about our history. So, uh, I mean, it, the project offers a transformative impact and, and, be, and an instant, instantaneous landmark status once it's built and one that's open to everybody. And that's what I think will make us um, extremely attractive and should make us extremely attractive. We are chatting with major real estate developer Don Peebles, who aims to build uh, a collective, a group, New York's tallest skyscraper. So, Mr. Peebles, I'm almost out of time here. But uh, and, and well, I have two questions here. One is a very simplistic one. You know, we hear a lot about numbers. Your numbers, $3.6 billion, uh, to build this should you win the award for the site. How in the world does one pull together $3.6 billion? That's a very good question, by the way. And what we have done is when we submitted our proposal, we submitted um, letters of intent from two of the largest financial institutions in the world who were backing this project in terms of providing the financing for it. Um, and so, I mean, it's a big project. It'll be probably the last project that I lead in my real estate career. Um, and uh, it, um, it will be, you know, one that requires a heavy lift, but uh, um, there's the, the capitals out there to do this, and it's a very special building. But my view is that um, it's about numbers. And that's one of the things I hope this building stands for. When young people go into this building and other entrepreneurs and young kids go into this building, it'll say to them that there's no limitation on your dreams. I mean, because, I mean, look, we, my first building was $10 million. You know, my most recent building that we're working on now is a half a billion dollars. We've got a project in L.A. that's a billion six. So it's just numbers. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we just have to, I mean, convince people, and this is New York City, we feel that, 
you know, because we because you know this is New York City, we're building something special. We've been able to attract um, capital um, uh, for the project. Well, Don of course, Peebles, it's the financial capital of the world, right? It, so it, it you is. can't get it financed it, here, right? It is, and 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 you're you're building major major developments. I have to have you back in the future to talk again real estate, but also politics. I know that you flirted with the idea of running for mayor, and there are a lot of people that say you should have ran four years ago, but we will save that discussion for another time. Major real estate developer Don Peebles, we thank you so much for joining us here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you for having me. And so Don Peebles stating there, you just heard him. He's an African-American developer saying no limitations on your dreams. That is the message that has to go forward. Dominic Carter here with you folks. We will continue these uh, discussions uh, tomorrow. Same time, same station. You know who's standing by. In for Frank Morano, Curtis Slewa, the other side of midnight. It starts right now, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.